0: life sometimes looks on the dark and dangerous side, as it does from time to time. What we need, you and I, is a place of refuge. Fortunately, that's something that God's Word talks an awful lot about, as it turns out. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Well, today we're heading into the final message in this series, Dark Night, Bright Light, to discover what it means to take our refuge in the Lord. So let's do it. Let's dive into God's Word. And please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about a free daily devotional, Fresh, to help you live in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to give you, no matter what this world throws at you. I want you to imagine that you're out one night walking along a dark and lonely street, and all of a sudden, you see some drunk and unruly men coming towards you. They're swearing, and they look to be wielding knives. You take a quick look around, and there's not another soul in this street. And just then, you see a house to your left. You look in the window, and you see a family sitting down to dinner. What do you do? Well, I know what I'd be doing. I'd duck in and knock on that front door and as quickly as I could, I'd ask me if I could step inside until those men disappeared. Wouldn't you do that too? Now, there's a name for that. It's called seeking refuge. It's not a sign of weakness. It doesn't mean that somehow we're a loser. It just means that in that dark and dangerous place, we need to be somewhere safe. We need a refuge. The problem is that in this world... When we're going through difficult times, dark times, so often there doesn't seem to be a refuge to be found. Refuge is a word that appears over and over and over again in the Bible. In fact, just in the Psalms, it's used 48 times. And 46 of those times, the refuge that God's talking about is God himself. Have a listen to just a few of those. In Psalm 36, verse 7, it says, "'How priceless is your unfailing love, God!' Both the high and the low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 62, verses 7 and 8. My salvation and my honour depend on God. He is my mighty rock and my refuge. Trust in him at all times, people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. And Psalm 119, verse 114. You're my refuge and my shield. I've put my hope in your word. Now I'd like to spend a bit of time today looking at this idea of refuge because when we're going through those tough times, those dark and dangerous parts of our lives, a refuge is exactly what we need. Over these last few weeks we've been working our way through a series that I've called Dark Night, Bright Light. And it's been based on a psalm written by King David, Psalm 34. It's a psalm that David writes with the wisdom of hindsight, because he's been in lots and lots of dark and dangerous places through his life. And in this psalm, he praises God because what he's discovered is that at the end of all of those dark times, God delivered him. God came through, no matter how grim or how dark or how dangerous it appeared at the time. That's great stuff. And if you have some time, I really encourage you to get aside and have a good read of Psalm 34, and just discover for yourself the things that David learned in those dark times. But it's one thing for David to tell you and me what happened in his experience. Well, says David, I discovered that God delivered me every time. And it's so easy for you and me to respond, Well, that's fine for you, David. That's, that's brilliant. Glad that God came through for you. But right now, I'm out here in that dark place and I'm petrified. The fact that God showed up for you doesn't help me much right now. And that would be a pretty natural human response. When when we send out an SOS to God, it may well be that God will come through sometime. But what about the meantime? Well, have a listen to the end of this Psalm of David. Psalm 34, we're going to look at verses 19 to 22. Because in the very last verse of this Psalm, God answers that question. Let's pick it up at verse 19. If you have a Bible, please go and grab it. Let's let's do this together. Psalm 34, verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. He protects all our bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems his servants. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. There it is, that word, refuge. It means to flee to him for protection. Now we understand that in a physical sense. That's what we started the program off with today, that little story. And that that makes sense. But when something in life is scary, when we've been diagnosed with cancer, or our finances have fallen in a heap, or our marriage is falling apart, or one of our kids is on drugs, what does it mean to take refuge in God then? Good question. Because here's what happens when we take refuge. We feel safe. The fear is gone. That's the point of refuge. Along the journey through a dark place in life, we want to know that we're safe. And that story that I just shared with you at the beginning of the program, you're know, you walking along that dark street and you see these drunken youths with knives coming at you and you duck into a house and you knock on the door and you seek refuge and you're going through that front door with that family. The whole point of that is once you do that and you go through that door and that door's closed, you feel safe. The way that God best explains this through any part of the Bible is through a passage that I come back to again and again and again and again. The Apostle Paul wrote this about a thousand years after King David wrote Psalm 34. Paul's locked away in a Roman dungeon on death row and he writes these words in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Put your request to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything. What man by worrying or what woman by worrying can add one hour to the length of their lives? Don't be anxious about anything. Take it to God. Put your trust in God. Pour your heart out to him In fact, that's the other meaning of that word refuge, to put your trust in someone or something, to rely on them, to resort to them. Out there in a dark place, put my trust in God. Just go to him, pour it out in front of him, and then he does something. He fills us with peace. Don't be anxious about anything, but take your prayers to God, present your request to him, and the peace of God which passes out All understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, when it's dark and dangerous, God's peace doesn't make sense. But when we take things to him, when we take our concerns and our fears to him, when we present our requests to God, when we put our trust in him, that's taking refuge in him. And his peace defines any human reckoning or logic. And the only way I can describe it because I've been in that dark place time and time and time again, it's it's like a light. Darkness is scary. God comes in and shines his bright light, the light that you just know is him. And the darkness isn't scary anymore. Just know he will deliver us. Dark night, bright light. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope, and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet, or computer each and every day. Or, if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, Stop by our mobile-friendly website christianityworks.com. You'll see the fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. That's online at christianityworks.com or toll-free on one 722 415 So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Now, you know what they say, what swings around comes around. In other words, even though things may not make sense today, even though things may seem so unfair and so unjust, don't you worry, it hasn't escaped God's attention. He's just waiting for the right time. Let's take a look. If you were able to join us last week on the program, you may recall that we talked about the afflictions of the righteous, the fact that so often bad things happen to good people. A lot of the times it seems unfair. Sometimes evil appears to triumph in this world. Sometimes someone who lies and cheats and stabs people in the back seems to be the centre of attention. They get all the applause and the promotions and the accolades. And maybe we're just living our lives quietly day by day for the Lord and we miss out we're the victims of injustice and not only is there pain to deal with in all of that but there's the injustice of it all we have this built in sense of justice and when we're at the receiving end of injustice wow that really gets us now obviously King David had been through that it's something he writes a lot about in the Psalms and in particular in this Psalm have a listen again in Psalm 34 beginning at verse 19 many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. He protects all our bones, not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked and the foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems his servants. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. I particularly want to focus just for a moment on verse twenty one. Let's have another read. Evil will slay the wicked, the foes of the righteous will be condemned. You know what that tells me? That God is a just God. He sees everything that goes on, every act, good or bad. And in this world, there are wicked people. Sometimes what they do shrouds us in darkness. Africa is a continent that's very much on my heart. Almost a billion people, many living in the poorest of conditions, many starving. And then you you see the wicked profiting from their misery or or fighting for power or wealth with wars and riots and innocent people being killed and and food and aid being stolen and misappropriated. I know that there are so many people today listening to this program right across Africa and you've seen atrocities, you've seen greed, you've seen riots, you've seen people being exploited in the most horrible ways. And this guy from Australia has the hide to get on the radio and talk about a God of love and a God of justice. For much of my life, I ignored God. I was against him and not for him. The Bible is full of this word, wicked. Would I look back and describe myself as wicked? Yeah, probably. I was selfish, I was self-seeking. And you know, as I look back on that, God didn't stop me once from doing what was wrong. He never bound my hands or struck me down or held me back because he gave me a free will. And often my wickedness, my wrongs hurt other people. But again, God didn't stop me, not once. He let me decide for myself to be for him or against him. He never slayed me. And that's the reality of this world. God gives us a free choice. That's why there are wars. That's why there are riots. That's why there are over 20 million slaves still in the world today. That's why there are millions of refugees in this world. Because God gives us a free choice. And yes, sometimes the wicked will appear to triumph. But a day of reckoning is coming. A day is coming where the wicked will have to give an account. And the Lord will deal with them. God is a God of justice. David writes about that in Psalm 11, verse 6. If you have a Bible, grab it, open it there. Psalm 11, verse 6, he puts it like this. On the wicked he will rain fiery coals and burning sulphur. A scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. Upright men will see his face. It's such a hard thing to come to grips with. But one of the things that you and I need to know is that when we are on the receiving end of wickedness he is our refuge. See, we don't always see justice prevail on this earth. Did you know that in the 20th century more Christians were killed or martyred for their faith than in the previous 19 centuries since Christ was on this earth or put together? It's a fact. And no matter what situation we're in, how dark or how dire or how unfair or how many wicked people surround us sometimes to hurt us and pull us down, David learned this, evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned, but the Lord redeems his servants. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. Now you may well say to me, Bernie, how does that help me here and now? And my answer is this we who place our trust in Jesus Christ, we have a certain hope for the future. The decision to save us from the wicked today, tomorrow, next week, next month, is entirely God's decision. His will, his purposes. Jesus, Jesus wasn't saved from the wicked. He was obedient to God and allowed himself to be nailed to that cross. He died, he suffered, but he rose again. And then... Then he was delivered. Then he had victory. You see, Jesus went to God in that garden in Gethsemane and said, Lord, if there's any way you can take this suffering away from me, do it. But not my will, let your will be done. It's the same for you and me. Sometimes God chooses to give us that victory today, tomorrow, next week, maybe in our lifetime. Other days we will have to wait until we stand before him to see the justice. But then, then we will have victory for all eternity. And that, that is a very long time. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment in this short break to share something truly important with you. As we're discovering in this series, life can be tough. Well, you don't need me to tell you that. You already knew it, because you've been there. And sometimes, let's face it, our circumstances seem completely impossible. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Victory Against Impossible Odds. It's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching to help you live in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to give you no matter what life throws at you. And at the end of each chapter, you'll find a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right in the realities of your life. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. But this is the very last week that this particular booklet will be available, so don't miss out. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Now, remaining faithful to God amidst our suffering, right in the middle of that place where we're tempted to act badly, to save our own skin, to toss in the towel with God and say, enough is enough, remaining faithful to Him in that place, well, that's a challenge. As we come towards the end of our time together today, I want to share a poem. It's a really special poem that perhaps you've heard before. It's a wonderful poem that I carry around in my head and my heart. I don't know who wrote it. It's fairly old. It's called The Weaver. Just have a listen. My life is but a weaving between my Lord and me. I cannot choose the colours as he weaveth steadily. Sometimes... He chooses dark threads, and I, in foolish pride, forget he sees the upper, and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly shall God unroll the canvas and explain the reason why the dark threads were as needful in the weaver's skilful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he hath planned. Isn't it so true that when we're in the trenches of life, it can be so hard to get a handle on God's bigger purposes. And and even though he'll reveal something along the way, much of it we won't know until that day that we stand before him in glory. Truly, I look at some of the things that I've gone through in my life and you know when you're going through them they hurt so much, it's so hard to see that God has a bigger picture and a bigger plan and even afterwards you look back on some of them you think well why hasn't God fixed that? Why hasn't he gone back and addressed that? Why did I have to go through that? You know the sort of stuff I'm talking about we we all have those but God doesn't always explain himself. Job Job is an amazing book. Job was a wonderful and righteous man of God. This is a book in the Old Testament. It comes just before the book of Psalms. It's a story of of how the devil goes to God and says, look at this Job, you've pampered him all his life. What if he starts to lose everything? He won't honour you then. And God says to the devil, well, go for it. And the devil takes away Job's possession, takes away his health, takes away his family, takes away his friends, takes away Everything. God lets the devil rob him of the lot, even though he was such a righteous man. And Job went through so much pain and so much suffering over the years. And over and over he asks God, Why? Why did you let this happen to me? I'm a righteous man. I've lived my life just for you. I couldn't have done any better. And God's basic response, and you can read the whole thing in Job chapter 38 and onwards, God says, Well, Job... You're not God. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I made the stars or the land or the ocean? In other words, God's saying, Job, I'm the sovereign God. And and I'm not going to tell you. My ways aren't your ways. and, And my thoughts are so much higher than your thoughts. God says to Job, I don't have to explain myself to you. And so often that's the way. Things happen to us. And we just have to humble ourselves and say, you know something, God, I don't know why. I don't know why you're letting me go through this, but I'm just going to trust you. And that's what Job did. Job remained faithful to God all through his years of suffering. And let me now read you just the last few verses of the book of Job. This is how the story ends. Job chapter 42, beginning at verse 10. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him "'twice as much as he had before. "'All his brothers and sisters "'and everyone who had known him before "'came and ate with him in his house. "'They comforted him and consoled him "'over all the trouble the Lord had brought upon him, "'and each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. "'The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life, "'more than the first part. "'He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a "'1,000 yoke of oxen and a 1,000 donkeys. "'And he also has seven sons and three daughters.' The first daughter he named Jemima, the second Keziah, and the third Karenhapuch. Nowhere in all the land were found women as beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father granted them an inheritance along with their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation, and so he died, old and full of years. In other words, Job went through some really dark times. And Job's dark times lasted a long time. And at the end, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. Job was given by God double for his trouble, as it were. See, sometimes God does that. Sometimes we see things turn around in our lifetime on this earth and we go through dark times, and they only last for a short while, and God turns them around, and we look back and say, you know, God, I wouldn't go through that again for anything, and I wouldn't wish that time on my worst enemy, but thank you so much for delivering me. But other times, other times we will have to wait until we stand in glory before God. The question is this, when it comes right down to it, are we prepared to stand completely alone on this earth for Christ's sake? to honour him, to humble ourselves before him. Because God, God is looking for those sorts of people. People prepared to take up their cross to follow him. Jesus promised that we would have tribulation. He promised dark times. And he is looking for people who will just trust in his light in those dark times. And those people... He will shine his bright light into their dark places. He will take their fear away with his perfect love. He will comfort them and hold them and protect them, those who would be prepared to lose their lives in order to gain them. Because unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And if we love our life, we will lose it. But those who are prepared to lose their lives in this world will keep them for eternal life. Whoever serves me, said Jesus, must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be too. And my Father will honour the one who serves me. That's the promise of God. To follow Jesus means to suffer like him. But the promise of God is that he will honour us. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am there my servant will also be, and my Father will honour the one who serves me. God will honour us. He will make his face to shine upon us. He will be our bright light amidst the darkest light. Well, that's pretty much all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to live in a rich, powerful, dynamic relationship with Jesus. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. In fact, each dollar that you give towards the ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach almost 3,000 people with a gospel message. So a gift today of, say, $35 will touch over a 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com or by giving us a call on one 722 415 And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I mentioned earlier. It's called Victory Against Impossible Oz. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on one three hundred seven double two four one five. 722 415 Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. You again, same time next week, with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.